Floyd was murdered. I had no way of knowing, but the Holy Spirit did. Uh, and the teaching was named What to Do When the Bottom Falls Out. All of us have been struggling. All of us have been in pain. All of us are, are, are remembering experiences from our own life, uh, similar to what George Floyd experienced, to what Breonna Taylor experienced, to what Ahmaud Arbery has experienced. To, we've, there's so many names that I could list, but the, the key to it is that most of us know the experience. If you're a mother, you've been praying for your sons. Pastor Joy and I have three sons, four grandsons. We're always praying for them. Never stop praying for all of the young men that we know. I have done coaching across the years. I pray for those young men. Uh, the young men in our congregation, we pray for them. We pray for young men that we see walking the streets because we recognize the challenges, the risk, and the threat. But when we started teaching what to do when the bottom falls out, I could not have known that our nation would be experiencing demonstrations as they are right now, that people would be as emotionally charged and upset as we are right now, that the anxiety, fear level, uh, would be as high as it is right now. It's always been high, but it has been elevated because of the horrific uh, sight that we all witnessed when we saw that officer with his knee on uh, Brother Floyd's neck. Let me say this to you very quickly. I do not want to live in the wild, wild west. I have plenty of family members that have been in law enforcement, and I, I bless God for them. They've done a wonderful job. We need law enforcement. We're not opposed to that. I'm not even saying defund the police and all of that. I hear it, but we need them. What, but what we also need is to root out those who do not respect the children of God. So uh, I, I'm not going to get into the politics today, but I just want to just simply say that that's a, a backdrop to the teaching that we're doing. Now, let me mention one other thing, and then we're going to get into the teaching. Uh, please remember, if you are on the uh, free conference call line this morning, to put your telephone on mute. If you put your telephone on mute, we will not hear your background activity, and that helps all of us to not be distracted. So if you would, kindly put your telephones on mute. Let's go to the Word of God. First, let's have a word of prayer. Father, it's in the wonderful name of your Lord, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we lift up to you today this congregation of men, women, boys, and girls. God, yes, I call them a congregation. We may not be gathered in one building, but we are gathered in harmony together around uh, Facebook Live, free conference call, and later, many will be listening in on either Facebook again, when they can go back and watch it, or on the different podcasts. God, we ask your healing for uh, our land right now. We ask your encouragement. We ask your strength. We ask your guidance. And God, I ask you to walk with me this morning as we teach your word of God. For God, it is our desire 
that from this teaching, we will gain a, a, a sense of direction, a sense of perspective on what to do in times and seasons such as what our nation is suffering through right now. Uh, the bottom seemingly is falling out, but we have a wonderful net that is catching every one of us that are willing to fall into the loving arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So God, I yield to you this morning, and we ask you to come and take charge, do the teaching, use my mouth, my mind, my heart, my spirit, anything that must be accomplished through me, that your word might reach your people. God, we bless you and honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 and amen. Family, uh, this teaching that we're doing is out of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Uh, today is the third part. I told you in the beginning it will be a multiple-part teaching, uh, probably three or four weeks. As I've been looking at this, I'm sure we're going to have at least one more part beyond today because there are so many dimensions to this text. But uh, we started out by talking about a king by the name of Jehoshaphat, who was known as one of the good kings of the southern kingdom of Judah. And when we started out, I told you how his, his nation was at peace, they were prosperous, uh, things were going well, and then suddenly, he got a report from his spies who said that we are being attacked by three mighty nations who have joined league together and determined that they're going to overtake us. And I told you then that Jehoshaphat quaked with fear. But then I told you that uh, th that was momentary. That was human. That's what you and I also have experienced. I told you about my wife and my experience when she received a cancer diagnosis and how we quaked for a moment, but then we began to pray. Uh, I, I'm going to move forward from there. Last week, after talking about what happened to Jehoshaphat and his people and how he called the nation together for fasting and prayer, last week we went into part two and our focus was on the prayer. So the first week we did verses one through four. The second week we went verses four through 12. Today I'm going to begin at the verse that we closed out last week, verse 12, and we're gonna work as far as we can work. I'm aware of the fact that I may not teach as long today because we are going to also do the Holy Communion. But if you will uh, just Turn to your in your Bible to 2 Chronicles 20. I'm going to be reading beginning at verse 12 from the New Living. And it says, O our God, wilt thou not judge them? Now the them are these three nations that are attacking. And then he says, For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. We, we don't have strength. Uh, as mighty as our forces are, as mighty as our intellect might be, as mighty as you might feel physically, as mighty as you might feel in your workplace, 
uh, there will always be someone or something that will come against you that is mightier than you. And this great king, as he was praying before his people, acknowledged that he realized that he did not believe that he was enough without God's help. And so he said, for we have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither do we know what to do. And that's important, family, because sometimes uh, when a crisis comes or when the bottom drops out, we struggle with trying to find our way. We act sometimes, we do stuff, but it might not be the things that God would have us to do. And so he said, as he was closing his prayer, neither do we know what to do. Then he said, but our eyes are upon you. Another translation says that, but our eyes are fixed on you. Verse 13, listen to this. I think this is very important. It says, and all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. That's significant because the Hebrew tradition at that time was that the men did everything. The men were the leaders. They were the ones who would meet and uh, make plans and so forth. Even when they went to synagogue, the women and the children sat on one side and the men were on another side. But when trouble really came against this nation, the chauvinism and everything else that might have been there was thrown out the window. And this great king realized everybody needed to be united as one. Now, here's the next part that I want you to get. That was uh, verses 12 and 13. But here's God's response to their prayer. Let me say this to you again. When you pray, God has ears to hear. He's not unaware, but he wants us to come to him. He wants us to turn to him in our hour of need, rather than jumping up and doing something because that seems to make sense. God is saying, slow your roll, turn to me. And here's the response that God gave after Jehoshaphat prayed. Verse 14 says, then upon Jehaziel, this text, this particular verse gives a, a, a genealogy. So I'm going to read that very quickly because to God, genealogy is important. But there's another part of this verse that I really want to rush to. It says, then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Metaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph. And remember, Asaph was among the worshipers and, and, and the uh, priests that uh, worshiped in the, the synagogue or in the temple. But upon Jehaziel came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. Remember, everybody's there. Even the, the infants, the children, the wives, everybody is there. And after this king offered his prayer, the spirit of God came upon a prophet named Jehaziel in the midst of the congregation. Now listen to what God said to them through Jehaziel. Verse 15, and he said, hearken ye all Judah. In other words, listen up, y'all. 
and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and even you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord unto you, be not dismayed or afraid by reason of this great multitude. Listen, they're under attack. And the man has already said, I don't know what to do and their power is too great for me. And here comes somebody standing up from the midst of the congregation and he says, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed, don't let this great army coming against you shake you up. Then he said, for the battle is not yours, but God. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah right there. The battle is not yours, but God's. Now listen, God is still talking through Jehaziel. He said, tomorrow, go you down against them. Listen, he's saying, go down against them. In other words, he's telling Jehoshaphat and the nation, you're going to go face these folk. But he wasn't finished with the instruction. So listen up. He says, behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. Come on, watch this. And you shall not, let me, let me say that again. And you shall not need to fight in this battle. Now listen, God just told them through Jehaziel, go face them. You're going to go meet them. But he said, the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. And then he said, you're not going to have to fight in this battle. Now I want you to hear the next part of the instructions because we've been there before. We, we saw this way back when Jehoshaphat first got the word that they were being attacked. In verse 17, he said, set yourself. Oh Family, we talked about that many times when things are going crazy in our life, we go crazy, running around like chickens with our heads cut off, acting, excuse me, like we are about to lose our minds. We, we, we go crazy. But you're Jehaziel said to them, set yourself. And then the next part was stand still. Now listen, I can tell you from my experience playing football, uh, I was a little guy on the football field, but I had assignments to block big people. And one of the things that I learned very quickly was if I would come up and stand still with that big monster running toward me, he would run right over me and flatten me out like a, 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 a one of those rollers on the highway that you see. And so you had to go out and meet them and be equipped with technique and skill so that no matter how big they were, they were not going to flatten you. And so he said, set yourself and stand still. That don't make sense to me because when I played football, the coach told us immediately, you move, you don't sit still. Right. And then he says, yeah. and see the salvation of the Lord with you. I, I don't know if y'all caught that. Amen. Set yourself, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. 
Then, then he continues. This is the prophet of God who stood up in the midst of the people and he said, O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. And then he says, tomorrow go out against them. I think we heard that a few moments ago, didn't we? But here's the rest of that. For the Lord will be with you. I hope y'all caught that. Fear not, don't be dismayed. The, the, the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. And, and, and so I want you to set yourself and be still. You, you, you know the Lord said, be still and know that I am God. Uh, for the Lord will be with you. So just a little rehearsal. Uh, we saw that he quaked way back at the beginning of the lesson. We saw that the next move was that he set himself. Then we saw that he called the people to a fast. Then he, he got his priorities in order as he prayed. Then we closed last week by learning what can happen when a group of people are unified in prayer even in the face of what otherwise might appear to be impossible mm. circumstances. Hallelujah. But here's what I want to make sure you get. This brother, King Jehoshaphat, did what God is calling you and me to do. Yes. He threw himself entirely upon the mercy of God. When he was in a helpless situation, rather than losing his mind. He threw himself at God's mercy. Yeah. He said, Lord, I don't know what to do in this situation. These folk, this circumstance, whatever you're going through is too much for me. Let me tell you something. Right now, I, I, I admire the many young people that have been marching in the streets. But I do want to say this to all of us today. While they are marching, we ought to be praying because many of them, when I've seen them being interviewed, they can tell you what they want, but they don't know how to get it. And, 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 and I have heard different people make different suggestions on what must be done. And as I listen to it, uh, sometimes it sounds reasonable and other times I think, what in the world could they be thinking? But I do know this. Somebody has an answer, and that somebody's name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. And, and so mm -hmm. it would be wise for us to throw ourselves at the mercy, mercy. of God mm -hmm. rather than sitting there and just seeing what we can come up with. A, a wise man, a wise woman, a wise child of the king is going to set themselves in the very presence of God call upon his great name and say, God, now I don't know what to do, but you have the answer. And Jehaziel said, the battle is not yours, but the Lord. If it is his battle, that means he's got the battle strategy. He's got the battle weapons and he's got the solution to the problem. I want you to capture this. There is nothing too hard for God. I don't care what it looks like to you. Not even when your bottom is falling out. So let me go back just a moment. I just want to rehearse this. Uh, I want you to capture this and get it in your spirit. As he was closing the prayer, 
He said, oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We don't know what to do. Yes. But our eyes are fixed upon you. Get that, y'all. Then, because he set himself before God, the, the people all around him, he was not ashamed uh, to, as the leader of that nation to acknowledge that he was helpless and that without God, he was lost. And so everybody was there. It doesn't matter whether you're a man, woman, boy, or girl, whether you're a head of household, single, son, daughter, uh, one of the most important moves that any one of us can make in our life is when we come to the realization that without God, we are nothing. Or as the songwriter said, without God, I can do nothing. Uh, in fact, the story of the value of your faith is written in your commitment in the word and your willingness to pray and let God take charge, even when you're scared, even when you're frightened, even when the bottom is falling out. Family, I told you, King Jehoshaphat was an exceptional leader. And he, he really, in this case, didn't care who was looking. He simply prayed his way into confidence. Did y'all catch that? Because as he prayed, he was strengthened. If you remember when he prayed, he rehearsed the history of all of his people. I told you last week, he wasn't raised in a faith household. His dad, Asa, was not a believer, but he had come to faith and had recognized that without God, he could do nothing. And as he prayed, his dependence went upon God and he became strengthened and he got just the word that he needed because the Lord sent that prophet Jehaziel to speak. Uh, family, all of us will have those moments. And I simply want to encourage you. I, I don't care what anybody else thinks when I'm praying. I don't care whether you think I've lost my mind when I'm praying. What I have discovered is while you might think I'm losing my mind, God is filling my mind with inspiration, yeah. vision, and direction mm. so that when the bottom falls out, I can get myself together mm -hmm. and with his help, I can find my way. Yes. Listen, nobody is going to escape a bottom falling out moment. Our nation right now is experiencing a bottom falling out moment. Uh, the first week after Brother Floyd was killed, I don't believe that it was most of the folk who were out to demonstrate their, their pain and their anger that was committing the looting and the rioting. I, I believe there were other folk with other motivations, but some of our folk probably did because they were hurting and they were lashing out. But all of us have had a quaking moment, yeah. and I'm going to call that a quaking moment. But I, I, I've, been, I've been blessed this week as I have watched our, our young people reset themselves. And we're not getting the reports at, that we earlier had. The media can no longer focus and distract away from what the real issue is. Mm. Because our young people have, have begun to say, look, 
Uh, that does not represent us. We are sick and tired of what's been uh, brought against us as a community, and but we're not going to do it through violence. And, and so they have set themselves. Uh, they are trying to find their way. They want answers, and they want to be able to see something that has been a part of our nation for several hundred years yeah. reversed. We might be in a major moment where our nation is turning, but in order for that turn to occur, the men and women of God who know the word of prayer have got to become like Jehoshaphat. Yeah. And so we've got to get our priorities in order. We've got to set ourselves and we've got to be unified in prayer. In other words, y'all, throw yourself entirely upon God's grace, his mercy. Acknowledge your helplessness and that you need his direction. First Peter 5, 7 from the Amplified says it like this. It says, casting the whole of your care, that is all of your anxieties, all of your worries, all of your concerns, once and for all upon him. Now, listen to the good news there. You can cast them upon him because it says, for he cares for you affectionately and he cares for you watchfully. That, that's good news, y'all. Yeah. Psalm 55, 22 from the Amplified. It says, cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it, and he will sustain you. He will never allow the consistently righteous to be moved, made to slip, fall, or fail. Even when the bottom is falling out, Joe, yes. he's got you. And, and, and Jehaziel said, what? The battle is not yours, but the Lord's. Because he threw himself upon the Lord and didn't care about what others were thinking about, uh, he got that great answer from Jehaziel. Listen, uh, many of you probably know Dr. Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Uh, I, I love to read his writings, and I, I read this response to uh, verse 13. He said, you could have heard the sound even of the wind among the trees as Jehaziel was speaking. He said, when you know the Lord has promised to, to, to deliver you, it is only natural that we bow our heads and just give him the quiet, deep, solemn worship of our spirit. Listen, you, you don't know how to worship when it's noise inside. You don't know how to worship when you're worried. You don't know how to worship when you're blaming everybody else for your problem. But when you learn how to look to God and you learn how to set yourself and be still, the attitude, the spirit of worship is easily able to come upon you. And when the spirit of worship came upon Jehaziel, uh, the, the son of Zechariah, in the midst of that assembly, he was able to bring them good news. And, and good news is what we're looking for right now, y'all. Good news is what Jesus Christ brought to us. Let's go back to the text. I'm going to get try to finish up in a few minutes. But let's go back to the text. Listen to the word that God himself sent directly to these folk, as well as to you and me through Jehaziel, 
when your bottom is falling out. Uh, we see God in verses 15 and 16, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. He said, listen up, y'all, especially all you folk from Judah. Listen, let, let me add to that. Especially people that look like me, especially our brown brothers and, and, and those who have been uh, victims at the hand uh, at the end of a noose. Uh, as um, uh, that, that, that song, Strange Fruit by Billy Holiday, uh, representing men and women that were being hung by nooses. Uh, and, and she called it Strange Fruit, hanging from the tree. Uh, listen, those who have been beaten, those who have been jailed, those who have been murdered. Listen, uh, God still has a resolution for you and me. But he's calling us to get still. He said, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, and don't be paralyzed by this situation. Don't be moved by whatever impossible situation is standing in front of you, for the battle is yours. I'm sorry, the battle is not yours, but it belongs to God. Now, I need to get ready to close there because we've got communion there's still much more to this text. I told you that the Lord through Jehaziel told them to go out and meet them. He told them where to meet them. He, 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 he told them that despite the fact that these are three strong armies, any one of them might be able to take you by themselves, but they've lined up together. They've joined league. They're coming to get you. But the, the word said, go out, stand still, set yourself, but you will not have to fight in this battle. Man, this is powerful because the enemy is coming. We see them advancing. We know that they are powerful. We know that if something is not done, they're going to run over us and overtake us. They will own our land. We may end up being their slaves. We've been there. We don't want to go there again. But next week, when we get back to the text, and I might be able to finish this next week, God's going to give us a strategy that, and I think I told you last week, it may not make sense to the natural mind. But when God is involved, it's time for us to let God be God. And the strategy that he's going to give them, this is just a preview, that he's going to give them will make no sense to you, but it will be the winning strategy. Yes. Yes. I can tell you from my own experience, I've been in games where the coaches call the play that in my mind, I'm thinking, what is going on? What is he thinking? He must be trying to throw the game. But if we went out and executed the play that was called, after executing the play, we come back victorious. And many of us have had a similar experience. It didn't have to be football or basketball or baseball. It could have been a, a, a situation in your workplace or something that had broken down in your marriage or in your family. And, 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 and the game plan that was given, the strategy for the moment that was given didn't make sense. But when you look back over your life and see all that God had done for you, 
you realize that you could not help but cry hallelujah and declare thank God for getting me through. Well, when we come to the, I believe, the end of the lesson next week, you may have that experience because Jehaziel did, after telling them, go meet the enemy, he said, but you will not have to fight for the battle is not yours, but it belongs to God. May God bless you, heaven smile on each of you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, we'll finish the teaching next week. I think I can finish it next week. But I hope that you caught something today, and that is this. When you pray, God is listening. When you pray, the Bible tells us that before we call, God has heard us. And before we ask, he will have already provided the answer. And he had the answer. After Jehoshaphat prayed, Jehaziel stood up and gave them encouragement from on high. And then he began to tell them, you're not going to have to fight this battle. But next week, let's watch the battle plan, the strategy that is used. I will tell you the outcome. The outcome is they win, but it's going to be amazing. It's going to blow your mind. Amen. Amen. Uh, Family, won't you bow your heads with me? It's time to pray. Uh, We're going to go to uh, a, a, a call for salvation first. Uh, If you're watching or listening in and you have never confessed Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, let me tell you what you're missing. You might have tried praying, but you missed the power of your prayer because God wants you to be connected with him so that when you call upon him, you are in a position where you're willing to believe him and trust him to be God and master of your life. And so as I issue this call for salvation, if you have never, ever confessed Christ as Lord of your life, I'm speaking to you today. And I'm saying to you that every one of us will have a a moment when this breath and this life that we're living in this body will come to an end. There will be a transition either to heaven or to hell, but there's only going to be one or the other. And so if you've never confessed him, I ask you to pray with me and repeat this prayer with me. Uh, Maybe you've confessed him, but you are living in a backslidden condition. Pray this prayer with me also. And if you're there today and maybe you're saved, but you need a church home, uh, we invite you to River of Life to become members or to a church that's in your area. We just recommend a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. No compromise on the integrity of the Word of God. So won't you pray with me? Father, just repeat after me. Father, I come before you today acknowledging that I have tried living my life without you. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I come short of your glory. I know, God, that I've lived too much for me and not enough for you. But you said in your word in uh, Romans 10 and 13 that all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And God, I'm calling upon you today. I'm acknowledging that I need you and I ask you to come into my life. 
In Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, for if you confess with your mouth, so repeat after me, just say to God, I I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and that God has raised him from the dead. Mm. Then the Bible says, you shall be saved. So family, as you are praying with me today, if you have confessed that you are a sinner and that you desire that Jesus Christ come into your life, I want you to know you might not feel explosions going off. You might not hear bells ringing. Uh, Salvation is not that kind of experience. What happens after you confess Christ as Lord of your life is then you move into a Bible teaching environment where the word of God can be sown into your life, where someone can disciple you so that you can have a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And then as you're moving in that direction, as you're making that commitment, you then begin to discover that changes begin to occur. You might be uh, addicted to, to some type of drug or to pornography or to lying or to stealing or to cheating or to spending more money than you earn. I, I don't know what your addiction might be. And you might be saying, I, I've been trying to overcome it and I just have not been successful. Don't focus on where you have not been successful. Let's focus now upon the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have prayed that prayer with me, I invite you to call in at the end of this call uh, to the, the prayer line that I think I forgot to give it to you earlier, but just call in at 712-770-5044. Uh, the access code is 778129. And as soon as we give the benediction they call in and we'll talk to you about next steps. Now, let's pray for everyone else. Father, I lift up to you, first of all, our nation, God. Our our nation is in turmoil. And Lord, it's just more visible today than it was a few weeks ago. The nation's been in turmoil for hundreds of years because of all manner of injustices, because of racism and racialism, because of selfishness, uh, because of self-hatred, because of men and women who thought that they were better than other people and they treated other people as if they were second and third class citizens. I'm not just talking racially now. It's It happens in marriages. It happens between parents and their children. It happens in jobs and workplaces and in schools, bullying environments and all manner of things. There are people, God, who are in their home right now. And as much as we would like to think that they are safe in their home, they have people in their home who are abusing them, molesting them, taking advantage of them, have them feeling like they are less than a child of God. But God, today, as I lift up every person that has experienced being influenced or bullied or taken advantage of, exploited by anyone, God, we lift them up into the loving arms of your son, Jesus Christ. And God, we ask you to perform an immediate miracle in their life. Help them to feel the, the, the very present help of the loving arms of Jesus Christ. Help them to hear his voice as he begins to speak to them and remind them that 
that they are his and that he is with them and that as they hold on to him, that he will lead them through the valley of the shadow of death. Because as people have been experiencing all of these things that I've been praying about God, we literally have had moments where you feel like you're in the valley of the shadow of death. But God, you, you said, for thou art with thee, thou rod and thy staff, they comfort thee. And so God, I, I, I lift that up as hope to those who have been suffering today. Encourage their heart and help them to carry on as they yield to you as Lord and Savior. God, I, I pray for those who are sick, uh, it doesn't matter what their sickness is. It could be mental, emotional, could be social, could be spiritual, could be a, a physical sickness. Uh, even this COVID-19, God, we lift up everyone who is going through any form of sickness. God, I believe that some people are going through financial sickness. Some people are going through relationship sickness. Uh, I, I'm not going to put a label on it beyond that it, it, it is not healthy and they are not healthy and they need your intervention. And so God, we ask you to intervene right now. God, there, there are some folk whose lives have been changed. They, 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 they have had strokes. They've had other conditions to happen to them. And, and we need you to encourage their heart to help them to be able to carry on. So God, today, I'm, I'm praying for the broken. I'm praying for the sick. I'm praying for the aimless for those who just do not have clarity of what to do. And as we close this prayer, I simply want to remind them that just as Jehoshaphat became encouraged and strengthened as he prayed, just as he remembered what you did for his ancestors, you could do for him as he prayed. Just as his prayer activated your voice through the prophet Jehaziel, who, st who stood up and said, don't fear, yes. but go out and face your enemy. But you will not have to fight them. Just take your position, get set, stand still, and watch the magnificent rescue mission of our God. God, I'm praying for all those persons and situations that I named, but there are some situations that I didn't think of. You know the need, and we turn them all into your care. God, we honor, bless, and thank you right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.